Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin Kiefer. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. Happy Thanksgiving to you. We love you, man. All right, I'm going to start with a proclamation. You ready? It's a long one. It's actually not my own. Washington, D.C., October 3rd, 1863, by the President of the United States of America, a proclamation. The year that is drawing towards its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful yields and healthful skies to these bounties which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come. Others have been added, which are so extraordinary in nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and even soften the heart which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. They are gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed fit to me and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people, I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up ascriptions justly due to him for such singular deliverances, and blessings that they do also with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience commend to his tender care all of those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, and sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged and fervently implore the interposition of the almighty hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the design, with the divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. In testimony whereof, I have hereunto, hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed. Done at the city of Washington, this third day of October, the year of our Lord, 1863, and of the independence of the United States, the 88th, by the President Abraham Lincoln. Amen. And thus, Thanksgiving was born, or at least the official holiday of Thanksgiving that we celebrate. And I don't know about you guys, but I am very, very thankful for Thanksgiving. But I'm even more thankful for the Lord on Thanksgiving, more than the turkey and the mashed potatoes and the football and afternoon nap. All of these things are high on my list of things to be thankful for. But much more than that, I am thankful that we get to worship a God who is, the, who is our God, the God that we worship, the one that we experienced in our worship today. I am quite honestly uh, in love with God. I just love him so much. And Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 3 says this. This is God speaking back to us. He said, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. 
You see, you guys, we have been swimming in God's love for so long that we have probably lost perspective about just how amazing it is. Like, I just want to say God loves you. God loves you? God loves you, really? Based on what? Based on what does he love you and me? What did we do? What did you do to deserve the love of God? Who are you? Who am I that God would love us? Really? Do you ever, let's not like you know, theologize this thing. Let's just ponder that for a second. Almighty perfection somehow has chosen you and I to give his heart to. Why? What have we done to deserve that? God actually says, I have written your name on the palm of my hand, engraved really, is what he says. You have, he has your name engraved on the palm of his hand. And I say, why, God? Why would you love me the way that you love me? First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 34 says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his love endures forever. And I'd say, yeah, he's good, all right. But good doesn't capture it, does it? Good does not capture how good God is. We absolutely need better words. And, and what we're going to do at the um, end of the service here is we're going to do a fun thing. And we're going to open up the front. And um, we're going to give a handful of you guys a moment, 15, 30 seconds, to just offer to the congregation and to the heavenlies a praise, a thanks to God. We're going to offer him our thanks, and then we're going to take communion in gratitude to him. Okay, and so I'm excited about that. But it's interesting, in Paul's letter to the church in Thessalonica, um, Paul wrote something really, really interesting about thanks. He said this. He said, give thanks in all circumstances. And here's the interesting part for me. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And I just was taken aback by that this week. I thought, so God wants me to say thanks to him? Like, really? He wants to hear my gratitude towards him? And I thought, is God needy? Right? Does he crave affirmation? Does he want me to tell him he's a good guy? He's doing a great job of being God of the universe? Well, I mean, me? Am, am I needy? Yeah. Yes, I'm needy. Do I crave affirmation? Yeah, I do. I crave it, right? Do I want to hear a thank you when I do something good for somebody? You bet your bippy I do, <laughs> right? A couple of weeks ago, I, um, I did a semi-extravagant thing for someone. Um, I put together a gift for someone in my life that was kind of costly. It took some time. It took some effort. It had some financial value. And it was nothing that this person actually um, knew about. It wasn't anything that they asked for. I just wanted to do a cool surprise thing for this person. And it was something that had to be shipped. And so I wasn't going to be there when they when they received this gift. Uh, and by the way, it was none of my kids, so I'm just letting them off the hook right now. You don't have to be wondering, is it Aiden, Cole, or Anna? No, it's none of them. All right, so they had to ship this gift, uh, and I knew that, you know, roughly the day that, that they were going to get it, and so I made sure to, to put the sounds on on my phone, because I didn't want to miss the phone call, right? Where they were like, Kevin, 
You are so awesome. What a great gift giver. You're so kind. You're so extravagant. I didn't want to miss that phone call. And so on the day that the gift was to arrive, I had my sounds up. I was ready to go. And the weird thing was, is when it, when it arrived, um, I didn't get a phone call. Like I was like, hmm, that's a little weird. They must be like super, super busy. And so, uh, and so I thought, okay, we'll give them a pass. So I waited a day and the next day came and went. There was no phone call. And it was definitely there. And so I waited another day and another day and another day and no phone call came. And so I, uh, started to feel some feelings, started, <laughs> started to think some thoughts. And so I did the mature in the pastoral thing and I made a phone call, not to them, to somebody else and said, can you believe this? Right. It's true. And, uh, and the next day, this person called and left a voicemail and left a really gracious, you know, voicemail expressing their gratitude for, uh, this thing, this little gift that I had done. And so, uh, it was great, but he had kind of harshened up my buzz just a little bit, right? And so I say all that to say, can I be a little petty? Yeah. I can be a little petty. Can I be a little needy? Yeah. But God, what about God? Well, that is not who God is. In Psalm chapter 50, verse 12, God says this, If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for all the world is mine and everything in it. And what God is saying in this psalmist is that I have literally zero need Zero. I do not need the offerings of your bulls and your lambs and sacrifice. I don't need your grain and your fruit offerings. I don't even need your songs of praise and gratitude. God is completely satisfied and sufficient within himself. He owns everything. He is perfect. And we do not diminish him, nor could we, by withholding any praise at all. We can't do it. And so why would we give thanks? Why does he call us to praise him? Why does he call us to give thanks? Well, beyond the fact, here's one thing I was thinking, is that beyond the fact, when somebody does a tiny little thing that is nice to us, we say thanks. And when somebody does a bigger thing for us, we say thanks a lot. And when somebody does a really, really great thing, we often gush about them. And we say, thank you. That is amazing. Thank you so much for what you have done for me, right? But when that person is Jesus, when that person left the throne of heaven and came to earth to become human, to be born into mankind, that person, when that person is mocked and tortured and crucified on our behalf so that we could experience an eternity of love and joy and peace and rest with the God who loves us, well then, yes, Thanks seems like too little for us to give for sure. But I, what I want to do is I want to submit to you guys that we are called to give thanks to God, not just because he is worthy of it, not just because he is deserving of it, but I believe that we are called to give thanks because thanks is one of God's greatest gifts back to us. It is one of God's greatest gifts, a tool that he uses to love us and to bless us and strengthen us in our lives. It brings us joy. And I just want to tell you guys that I believe that ingratitude is killing our joy and it is dishonoring the Lord. 
perpetually. It's almost as if there is a pandemic of ingratitude, and we have been withholding the gratitude that he deserves, the thanks that he deserves, and it is killing us as well. And so Thanksgiving, uh, or the giving of gratitude, is one of the most powerful forces in the universe as far as we're concerned, because it changes the nature of our experiences, and it changes the nature of the life that we experience and those around us. And so for a little while, what I want to do is I want to share with you what Thanksgiving is, and I want to share with you what Thanksgiving does, and we're going to look at some scripture. You guys with me? All right, let's do this together. So the first thing I want to challenge us to consider is this. Thanksgiving is the truth, and complaining is a lie. Thanksgiving is the truth. And complaining is a lie. When we give thanks, we are seeing and thinking in our right minds. But when we grumble, we have every one of us lost our way. That's what happens. When we are grumbly, when we fail to almost be overwhelmed with gratitude about the lives that God has blessed us with, we are deceiving ourselves about how blessed and how loved and how protected we really are. So often, we, we tend to think that we have a right to complain about our life. And the truth is, is that bad stuff happens. It's true. Sometimes really, really bad stuff happens, and that matters for sure. But I can tell you this, that at any moment in your life where you felt like you had a right to complain and you had a right to not be thankful, if you were to weigh that in the balance with the reasons that you would have to rejoice and give God glory and thanks and praise for your life, well, they just wouldn't compare. They just would never compare. God's blessing will always outweigh the difficulties in your life if you have eyes to see it. And it's just that so often we fail to see it. We lose proper perspective. We lose our vision. And just as an example, um, I've shared with you from time to time that I've gone through in my history um, long seasons of migraine headaches. And uh, for me, for those of you that have really, really bad migraines, you know what that's like. For me, they were very, very debilitating. And I would, I would have them, um, weirdly, like at the same time of day, I would have a migraine headache uh, around 10 o'clock in the morning for a couple of hours. Then I'd have one late afternoon for a few hours. And then I would have one right about around 11 o'clock at night. And it would keep me up. And they were, they were so intense that I would squeeze my head until I thought that it would pop. Uh, they, for some reason, for, for different seasons, it would feel good to like just bang my head against a wall. I don't know why. Um, there was no medication that helped. And so in that season, I would get fearful because I knew it was coming. I would get depressed because it just felt hopeless to me. And I literally was like, I just don't know if I can go on. And, the, and maybe the worst part about it in those seasons was is that there was always this low-grade fog over my life. It was like this perpetual tiny headache that just like clouded everything, right? And so that was happening between these migraines. And so um, I got prayer after prayer after prayer. And one day I woke up and there was no fog there. All of a sudden everything felt clear. My mind had cleared. And uh, that was like at seven or eight in the morning. And a few hours later, 10 o'clock came and went and there was no migraine that happened. And four in the afternoon came and went and there was no migraine that happened. And I went to sleep that night and I slept through the night, and I woke up the next day, and I realized that my migraines were gone. It was gone. And in that moment, my perspective changed. And what I realized is that to have just a regular day 
a day without intense pain, do you know that that's a blessing of God? Do you know that that is the hand of God protecting you? You only have a normal day because God protects you. You only have a regular peaceful day because God is on your side, working on your behalf. You know, as well as I do, the Bible says that we live in a very broken world. It also says that there is an enemy against all of us, Satan and all of his powers and principalities. And what do they live for? To steal and kill and destroy us. And yet here we sit happily in church. Why? Because the hand of God protects you. You see, we have so much to give thanks for. And so often we don't see it. In life, sometimes we can start to think that finding something to be thankful for is like looking for a needle in the haystack. And I want to tell you that it's the other way around. It's the other way around. We have everything to be thankful for if we have eyes to see it. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. In other words, don't see life with these messed up human eyes that don't see things as they really are because those eyes see bad everywhere. But let's start looking with spiritual eyes. Let's look for the blessing that's in our lives because once we start to see with with those eyes, we will see God's hand everywhere. And if we were to be honest, I believe that many of us need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We need to get eye transplants at some level. We need to see with eyes of gratitude because seeing with eyes of gratitude is the only way to see truthfully. It's the only way to see life as it it really is. Anything less than gratitude is a lie. Amen? Secondly, Thanksgiving conquers and even changes our most difficult circumstances. Thanksgiving conquers and even transforms or changes our most difficult circumstances. If you're going through a hard time, whether it's a hard time physically, like migraines or something, or cancer, whether you're going through a financially hard time, a hard time at work, in your workplace, a relationship, if you've got internal pain and wounds and hurts from past stuff, I want to tell you that Thanksgiving is your pathway to peace and to joy. And I'm not talking about like a conceptual thing. I'm talking about experience, peace, and joy. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, uh, Paul writes this really, really interesting thing. Uh, you'll have to track with me for just a second because it's, it's a little bit verbose, but just try to stick with me here. Listen to this. Paul says this. It is written, I believed, and therefore I have spoken. And since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and we therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead, here's something, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself. That's amazing. All of this is for your benefit, church. So that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles. This is the key part, guys. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. 
And so this is an amazing thing. Paul is saying, first of all, that he has confidence that the one who raised Christ from the dead will also raise you and I up in the same way and present us to God. Isn't that amazing? We will be raised up with Christ. Not only that, but as more and more people are experiencing God moving in their lives, there's going to be this, in Paul, there was this thanksgiving that began to be stirred up in his life. And as we see God moving in our lives, when we experience this incredible blessing of worship together, when we experience the blessing of working at Rand Grove or the stuff that you guys are doing at Rooted or all of those things, thanksgiving can begin to well up in our lives. That's what was happening with Paul. And because of the stirring in him, because of this gratitude that was being welled up in his life, Paul experienced something that we all wish that we could experience, every one of us. Paul began to experience hope and peace and courage even when everything around him was falling apart. Now, I I have an opinion. It's just an opinion. But I think that next to Jesus, there is literally no one in the Bible that suffered more than Paul. No one. His life was a disaster. He was a wreck, right? Like shipwrecked and stoned and whipped and all these things, right? He had a tear. His life was a hot mess, right? And here Paul simply says, outwardly, I'm wasting away. I am wasting away. And that is no place that any of us wants to be. But in spite of that, Paul says, because I'm fixing my attention, not on my outward circumstances, which are easily seen with natural eyes, but because I fix my eyes on what is unseen, which is the grace of God at work all around me. He said, it's actually changing the way that I'm experiencing my circumstances. And so instead of feeling broken, Paul says, I feel strength. I feel hope. I feel peace. I feel courage. And that's what Thanksgiving does, you guys. It changes our life experience. It may not change our circumstances, but more than anything at all, Thanksgiving has the power to change us almost instantly. And so instead of your circumstances being completely devastating and hopeless and overwhelming, Thanksgiving can turn that so that you would say, along with Paul, these troubles of mine are light They're momentary, and I see God at work in this. God is doing a good thing. That's an amazing thing, you guys. Paul wrote in another one of his letters in Philippians, he said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done, and then you will experience what? Say it. God's peace. You will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will stand guard over your hearts and your minds if you, as you live in Christ Jesus. That's what gratitude does. That's why Thanksgiving is so amazing. And I just wonder, why don't we do more of it? And I want to say this, too, as sort of a caveat. We are talking about Thanksgiving in and not thanksgiving for, thanksgiving in. What I'm not saying is I'm not saying that we should be thankful for horrible things that happen to us. That is ungodly. It is not God's will. So much of the pain that we experience and the, and the trauma that we suffer and the difficulty of life, it is just so counter to God's will. It is so counter to his kingdom. It is so counter to his father's heart. And so we do not thank God for the suffering that we are in, but we thank God in it. We thank God in our circumstances. 
Thanksgiving conquers even our most difficult circumstances by changing us and changing the way that we see them and the way that we experience them. Make sense? Thirdly, I want to say this. Thanksgiving is a, it's, it's a keystone habit. Okay. So I don't know if anybody, has anybody here ever heard of keystone habits? Anybody at all? Okay. So keystone habits are these really, really interesting things. All of you guys are habitual people. You do things every single day. Okay. And some of those things, they're all helpful. Habits are helpful. Well, most of them are. Um, but you do things every single day, and some of them are no bigger than the act itself. But there are some things that you do that have this amplified effect in your life. They have a ripple effect in your life. So, for example, exercise is a keystone habit, right? So for those of you guys that exercise, one of the things that you would say to us is that, well, because I exercise, one of the effects of that is that um, I actually sleep better at night. I go to sleep faster. I sleep longer through the night. My exercise help me, helps me to do that. Another thing that people that exercise say is that because they exercise, they think more clearly during the day. They actually have more energy during the day. Another thing that people that exercise often do is they say that instead of because I exercise, instead of wanting to eat a dozen donuts, when I exercise, it somehow leads me to eating healthier, right? Exercise is a keystone habit. Do you understand the concept? Thanksgiving, you guys, is a keystone habit. Thanksgiving has an amplified effect, and it influences other things like our feelings. It influences our perspective of people. It influences our perspective of events that we experience. And it it guards us from a whole host of life-sapping, life-sucking feelings and thoughts and emotions that we would otherwise experience. And some of those are even sort of demonically inspired, I believe. And yet, gratitude and thanks guards us from all of those things, right? Thanksgiving, what it does is it sets our hearts to see God all the time at work in our lives and to feel his presence. And so, and so instead of feeling like God is distant or he's checked out or he's fallen asleep or he doesn't care, Thanksgiving somehow brings God close, which is actually bringing us close to God so that we can see him, so that we can feel him, so that we could hear him and we can experience his love in a way that we would have otherwise missed or ignored, right? And so what it does is, is Thanksgiving builds a bridge of peace and connection between us and God, and it actually builds a bridge of peace and connection between us and other people. And that's a place where we really, really need it, right? And so I'm going to, I want to give us like an application that I, I would actually love for you to write down somewhere. Like I, you know, you could write down a piece of paper, but I would encourage you to put it on an index card and to literally put it like on the dashboard of your car, to literally put it on the mirror in your bathroom or wherever it is, like your, your, whatever your favorite cup is. Put this thing there because I want you to be reminded of this all the time, and it's this. I want you to think about T before E. Do I have it behind me? T before E, okay? Everybody say T before E. T before E. Here's what it stands for. Thanksgiving before everything. Thanksgiving before everything. What if we made a habit of giving thanks before every key conversation that we had? What if we made a habit of just taking one minute to say thank you, to stir up gratitude to God before we walked into a meeting at work? What if we, if we offered God thanks or we just stirred up gratitude in our heart before we showed up here at church every Sunday morning? What if you just sat out in your car for five minutes before church and just stirred up thanks? 
What if you came in and sat in the pew before church and rather than getting social or running down and grabbing coffee or whatever it is that you would do, what if you just sat and contemplated the goodness of God and offered him thanks before we began? Would that change something? Would that change the way that you experience it, right? So what would happen just at work if you, before you stepped into a meeting at work, you spent 60 seconds giving thanks to God for the people that you would be meeting with? If you, if you spent 60 seconds thanking God for the benefit of your job or the support of your boss, would you find yourself happier in that meeting, more hopeful in your workplace, more appreciative of your workers, or maybe just a better person to be around? Could that happen? Thanksgiving before everything. What would change at home if before you confronted your kids or your spouse because they were frustrating you? What if you took 60 seconds to give God thanks for who they are, to give God thanks for the effort that they were making, the ways that they try, right? The ways that God has deposited his life into their life. Would your conversation be different? Would it go differently at home? Would the hearts of your family possibly light up because they were hearing your your appreciation of them, your gratitude for them? Would that change the dynamic in your home place, right? What would happen if you came to church five minutes ahead of time? and just stirred up gratitude before we began? What would change in our experience here? I can tell you what will happen. If you made a lifestyle of Thanksgiving before everything, people would become better drivers. Your spouse would become better looking. Your kids better behaved. Your boss wiser. Your coworkers more considerate. Your pastor a better preacher. All of these things will happen if we put Thanksgiving before everything. And so if you are, particularly if you're struggling with anyone, if you're struggling with anything, then begin with gratitude, begin with thanks, and you will begin to see them more clearly. You'll be able to see them the way that God sees them. And that's important. And that's good. And so I'm going to, um, I'm going to begin. Molly, could you man the mic for me? Here's what we're going to do. Um, it's Thanksgiving. And I want to offer God some thanks. So here's what I want to do. I had this thought that we could, as a church, we could take a few minutes and just like express gratitude to God. And so what I'd like you to do is I would like for four or five of you, um, just what I'd like you to do is just to, to come up and just offer literally 15 seconds, 30 seconds of just a praise or a thanks to God for something about him, something about who he is, or about something that he's done, or something that you've experienced in your life. So again, four or five people, and I want to begin um, by just expressing my gratitude to Thrive. I wanted to start by expressing gratitude to our staff. Um, the staff here at Thrive are amazing. You guys, I wish you knew how awesome they are. They Love you. They work hard for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they honor God with their lives, and they just care. I'm thankful for you guys, for the church. I'm so thankful. I can't begin to tell you how thankful I am for you guys. You guys, um, you're the church that Molly and I always dreamed of. You are. You are. You love the Lord. You love people. You work hard at unity. You're mature. You care for the least and the lost. 
You care for one another. You worship your brains out. You are the people that we dreamed that the Lord would surround us with. You're good examples to Molly and I. And you honor us. It's, it's a blessing to be pastors of this church. You guys are amazing. Every one of you, and we're thankful for you. Um, all right, so Mal's got the mic. Could we have a handful of people just come and very, very shortly, very quickly, um, just offer your thanks. And then Molly's going to cl- uh, conclude with some thanks. And then we're going to take communion together. And we're going to just do communion in a way that's just thankful for the Lord. Um, hey, Br- uh, what's your name? Ryan. Would you... Uh, <laughs> there you go. I'm thankful um, in the circumstance that I've been in. I've been in a, a pretty tough job situation. My boss has got a lot of anger, but what I'm thankful for is that recently he has decided to um, get some help for his anger, and he's actually going to get um, go to a Christian like healing and recovery program in Phoenix. So that, I mean, if you know bosses. <laughs> Good job. All right, come on up. We need a couple more people. Any women out there? Oh, there you are. Okay, good. I'm David, and I'm thankful for my childhood friend of 45 years is still alive today. Um, he's suffering from um, massive depression through some circumstances that happened over the last, you know, year and a half. And um, I'm glad God is um, is protecting him. Good job, David. Many, many years ago, my, my mom told me about this book she read called Sticky Faith, which is about um, a study they did about how people stayed Christians when they got older. And what they found was it takes seven different adults besides the parents to tell the kids that Jesus is real and Jesus loves you. And so I am thankful for the men and women in this church that speak into my boys' lives. So Jason, Dan and Wendy, Rich, uh, Ryan, all the people that have really... Um, shown Jesus to my boys. You make a big impact, and I'm thankful for you. Good. Um, how long do I have? Okay. 15 um, to 30 seconds. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm grateful for the church, for Thrive, for introducing me to the Holy Spirit. When I came here in 2012, 2013, I, I wasn't familiar. I didn't know how the Holy Spirit worked, and uh, Holy Spirit's transformed my life, my given me so much healing this year but over the years and so um i just thank molly and kevin for the way they lead us into the holy spirit so many of you know that um in 2020 um our son-in-law was diagnosed with sorry he was diagnosed with leukemia and they had a six six-week-old baby when he was diagnosed. Um, by the, I'm so thankful what God has done. Many of you have stood with us through this. He had a bone marrow transplant, and his numbers are completely fine now. He's doing so well, and I'm so thankful. Uh, goodness of God. Goodness of God. Hey, Mom. So just really quick. So what we're going to do is Molly's going to share some some thoughts, and we're going to do communion. And then we're going to f- close up with some worship, okay? And then we'll finish our service. Yeah. So 
I was reading in Luke 22, and this was the model that Jesus gave us for this act of worship that we're going to do in a minute here, communion, where we take and remember what Jesus did on the cross and, and look for the thanksgiving in this. It's, you can't miss it if we slow down for just a second. This is Luke 22, and it says this. It says, after taking the cup, this is Jesus, he gave thanks. After taking the cup, he, give, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, you will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Here's some tea before E. Here's Jesus facing death on a cross and torture and separation from the Father that he'd never known before. And he came in, in this moment... He stopped and he gave thanks. He could see into the future. He could see into what restored humanity was going to be like after this historical event, right? And he was able to give thanks. And he did it, and he did it as a model. He did it as a model for us that we would live in this for the rest of our lives, that we would stop and we would give thanks. We would remember what Jesus did. We remember who God is, his nature before our eyes, his love visible before our eyes, and that we would come back and we would remember. We would give thanks in light of what he did. So we're going to have the communion servers are going to come forward. And we're going to take time just to, to continue to worship here and take communion together. And we're going to do it with a grateful heart. And uh, just keeping our, our hearts full of wonder and awe and who God is and what he did for us. And so I'm just going to lead us in a time of prayer before we come up. But God, I, I thank you right now that you're going to continue to expand our understanding of your love for us as we come to your table this morning. I thank you for giving us Jesus. I thank you that you paid our debt, a debt we could never pay. We thank you, God. We thank you, Father, that you gave us the righteousness of Jesus. We thank you that you saved us. We needed saving. We thank you for the promise of eternal life. We thank you for the blessing that rests on us, Father, through Jesus. We thank you that you call us friend, that no longer are we strangers, no longer are we separated. I thank you that what was a, where there was a wall, you made a way to the Father. We thank you that you fulfill us the deepest places of our hearts. You fulfill us not like the world can fulfill. We thank you for hope. We thank you that we're a people that are called to hope. We thank you for the glory that you share with us. And so God, this is just a start. This is just, these words are just a start. And we ask you to come as we, as we come forward and take the cup and, and bread and we remember what Jesus did for us. We remember the love of the Father. God, I pray that you would just, that this wouldn't be an act this morning for us, but that you would actually just take us into deeper places in our hearts of thanksgiving. Just expand from here. We say this is just a start. Come more, God. Come more.